I don't know, Zach, how about just a nice, relaxing live stream over at YouTube? <laughs> the instant we started, as I got to get to Seattle in a little bit, <laughs> but I have late checkout, so I'm still in my hotel. My hotel is calling my cell phone. How do they have... How, what? So we, I might get I might get evicted during this what, what are emergency they, episode. Maybe they want the details too, just like everyone watching mm. us right now on YouTube. And of course, we will post this audio later in the feed. It'll be emergency podcast. So if you're catching this later, the, the video will still be on YouTube, but it won't be live anymore. They're calling your phone, Zach. They want the details. Andres Jimenez has agreed to an extension and I need to know why, how it happened, the numbers, the details. How long did it take for all of this to come together? And I know you are very limited on what you know, but tell us, Zach, what do you know about this seven-year extension, $106.5 million for a team that a little over a year ago had never signed anybody over $100 million. Now they've got two of them on the roster. Unbelievable. Yeah, let's let's zoom out a little bit. Um I've I've said before like this is one of the tougher things to report on or to predict because there are so many variables in play. One, you don't know how desperately a player wants long-term security. You don't know if the two sides can agree on what fair value is. You don't know what the team is thinking and the payroll limitations and the accounting that takes place when mapping out the future and what you can stomach in future seasons. And then there's agents at play and they have their own agendas and they're working on their, in their players' best interest, but you know, they have a, a pulse of what comparable players are worth, what they're getting, what other options might be. So there's, there's a lot of things in play and the main takeaway here is that it's all it's so fluid, right? So I think the team, I don't want to say they cast a wide net, but you know, they certainly talk through any scenario you or I could think of. And they put out feelers to gauge some interest. Sometimes it's the player that goes to the front office and says, hey, I would be interested uh, if you're ever thinking about something that happened with Miles Straw last spring. And and then you have these discussions, and it's very difficult to handicap at any given moment. Is it close? Is there momentum? I mean, there could be one day, and there might not be an hour later. We saw that with Jose Ramirez last year. It felt like the, the feeling toward whether it would happen changed by the minute. And so it's it's interesting. I mean, they've had, as I reported, it's... There's a lot of players that they've talked to and a lot of players that they've talked to with serious intentions of wanting to come to some agreement. Now, how close they are, how serious they are is is tough to say. But Jimenez is getting done. I think you'll see Trevor Steffen follow suit. And they continue to talk to some other guys. So, uh, you know, if that's another thing here is Everybody has a different feeling on what a deadline is. You know, some players say opening day, I don't want to think about it anymore because I've got other priorities. I think sometimes, I, I mean, the team would love to get this stuff done before opening day too. They don't want their players thinking about this. So 
Uh, we'll see if if anything else comes to fruition over the next forty eight hours. Yeah, we'll um, see. But we'll see. Says the guy that had everybody fired up on Discord yesterday. Holy! <laughs> just keep an eye on your phones. It's a good day for everybody. And you I will say this. Might have been a little early on that, but you did warn everybody to pay attention. I thought Andres Jimenez was going to get done on Monday. <laughs> I mean, that's full disclosure. Um, and there are there are things too, you know, from from my standpoint, like pull back the curtain a little bit. Like I I have I have to do a lot of reading in between the lines. I have to do a lot of like, okay, this person said this, but let me go to this person to make sure, like like because you're until the player passes the physical and there are signatures, you know, nothing's official. I mean, look at Carlos Correa. That's the perfect example, and that's that's the example that has every front office. Like they have nightmares over confirming certain moves and it doesn't pan out because someone fails a physical. That's why front offices are tight lipped. Um, so there's just a lot of cross checking and referencing. And um, I just, I thought there was a lot of momentum toward a Jimenez deal yesterday. Um, but, you know, I had, I waited till this morning to tweet anything out just because you're trying to gauge where all this stands. And I knew it wasn't just him having these talks. So who's close? Who's not? You know, what are the pri- what, what's the hierarchy here? It's it's a lot to sort out. I have a pounding headache. I have just filled my body <laughs> with so much coffee and so little water. Um, I'm just get me to get me to first pitch Thursday night. <laughs> yeah, because once the season starts, it all calms down a little bit. Yeah, nice. Okay, but there's but but it does. Like if there is an opening day deadline and it's just, I suppose, I think like everybody else, I'm ready for games. I'm ready for results that matter. And I'm ready for all the questions and the, the roster construction. Let's just, let's move on from that. (laughs) Well, this is going to be an abbreviated thing. We've got more planned for later this week. We're still trying to nail down exactly when we're going to sit down with Andre to do our, our normal preview sort of show that we've, we've been hinting at especially over at the, the Patreon show, patreon.com slash Subius Godcast. We, we warned you that it was coming later this week, so we're still trying to iron out those details. We'll have plenty more to say once we get into a full-length episode. But we didn't want to leave you guys hanging. Thank you to everybody that's jumped into the YouTube. I'm following the comments. Uh, McDom89, Hammy Buck, Ethan, thank you for dropping by. I see some of your questions in the, the chat, so if I... If I happen to see any of those that are appropriate, we'll mention those. But we'll be just here for a few minutes just to talk about Jimenez and kind of set up where we, we might see this going. As far as the Jimenez thing goes, I said it on the, the, the recent Patreon show. If you're removing Bieber from the equation, because I feel like that ship has sailed as far as extensions go, there was nobody that made more sense than Andres Jimenez. And coming off of the season that he just had, All-Star, emerging as one of the best second basemen in baseball. Yeah, I had, I had wonders and concerns about whether or not he would actually be open to an extension, whether this was possible. And for the organization to, to take some risk here, because he's still only coming off of one great season, and you're paying him like you think he's going to continue to be that guy, there's clearly some risk here. But it was a great risk. I think he is set up to be a very good player for several years, and then it was a risk worth taking. To, to lock that sort of talent up, it's obviously something this organization has done going back to the 90s, but for them to do it with this sort of player and not to be done, kudos is owned to the front office here and to, to ownership too. To be able to, to lock in younger players like this, we, 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 we make jokes all the time about, you. well, you can't really latch on to a younger player because 
You know, in four and a half years, we'll be having conversations about that guy getting traded. Not going to be the case with Andres Jimenez. What would you have said a year ago at this time if I told you he's going to sign a nine-figure contract? Complete disbelief. Yeah. Because your wildest dreams would not have equated to anything like that, right? Imagine what you would have thought that season had to look like and, and how yeah. how likely it was that it could have happened. It would have been non-existent in my mind. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what he's going to produce for the next decade, but as I was digging into his all of his splits, his full breakdown of last season, um, I'm looking through the numbers yesterday and I'm, I couldn't find any deficiencies. Great against lefties and righties. Why he's I, if he's batting seventh against lefties this year, I'll I don't I I won't understand it. Um, it's one thing righties because like Naylor is also good against righties and Bell's better against righties, but the lefty thing like he's just because he bats left-handed doesn't mean he can't hit left-handed pitchers. Anyway, um, really good against lefties and righties. He was so consistent. He never had a month where his OPS was below 750. OPS was almost identical first half and second half. After the opening weekend in April, his average never dipped below 286. His OPS never dipped below 777. He never had a slump until he had a broken hand in the playoffs and went like over 20 or whatever. Um, and so if you're if you're the team and you're thinking, do we believe he can maintain this? Well, what flaws does he have? <laughs> I mean, what? I, maybe he won't get hit by 25 pitches this season. Um, but you think that's like a the number one skill he has? So I, he's an athletic gold glove defender. It can be a skill. It absolutely he's only twenty four. There's probably more power in there. I mean, it, it's. I don't know what his stat line is going to look like year to year, but it seems like a pretty safe profile to merit a contract. That's yeah, all. Yeah. And, and not go year to year where his arbitration numbers could be exorbitant and then he hits free agency. Or a year or two before free agency, you're thinking, do we trade this guy? And you probably think long and hard about it because you still have Martinez and Rocchio and I'm just going to assume Gabriel Arias will be 29 years old and still the utility man at that point. Anyway, I, I think this solves a lot of complications that could have popped up down the road. And I know he wanted some security and was... um pretty excited about the potential of landing a contract. So it's, it makes a lot of sense. It's just, it's jarring to see the numbers based on the fact that one, aside from Jose Ramirez, they've never given, they've never granted anyone more than 60 million. And two, like a year and a half ago, this guy is in Columbus and has no confidence and can't figure out, you know, he just kept tinkering and tinkering and, and couldn't figure out the routine that was going to work for him and the swing mechanics. And now it's like the guy should have all the confidence in the world. I don't know what the the end output for power is going to be this year. I, I don't know if if last year was a best case scenario for him unless he adds some significant muscle. I'm not sure he's the type of guy that you want to do that. But he optimized his fly balls last year, got into really pulling those fly balls, looking for inside pitches and even surprised with occasional, some of the bops he had were, were some legitimate big boy home runs. The ones against the Twins that everyone points to that we've had enough of the, 
the Guardians. It was a big boy home run going up to get a pitch up in the zone and swing. So I don't know what the power output should be for a guy like him, but he's so good across the board. It's so many different things that I think at the end of the day, no matter maybe how he gets there, the value will be there with the running, with the defense, with a little bit of power, with the doubles, consistency from facing both sides of the pitching. And the other thing is, unlike a, a, a more traditional second baseman, this is a guy that could go play shortstop for you if Ahmed Rosario is out for some some reason. He could go play shortstop for you. It's not like you're talking about someone that has arrived at second base and that's where they are in the defensive spectrum. They're playing second base just because of the way the team is constructed. So it's not just some statue that's standing there defensively. And I wonder, as the game has evolved here with the shifting limitations, it's not second base can't just be a, a place where you go place a guy. The guy lands there and you just shift his way into just being acceptable defensively. I, I don't know. Now, maybe there's still ways that you could mitigate the defensive deficiencies that a second baseman might have. Maybe you bring that right fielder over, excuse me, the left fielder over into shallow right field. But I'll tell you what, isn't it nice when you have a second baseman that you don't need to worry about doing that with because he has the range? And it's a position where there's not a lot of stars. Mm -hmm. is, is there value to having, you could go move him to shortstop and he could be among a, one of the better shortstops. I don't know where he would land right now. I haven't really drawn it up to think where he would land among the shortstops. Nice show prep. But this isn't the long show. This is an emergency, although you've been prepping for this for days. Is there anything to just, you, you put him at second base where not a lot of other teams have a player that dynamic at that position. And right now, with one great season, he has emerged as a top three second baseman in the sport. It's not a position full of a lot of star potential right now. So is there something to be gained by having legitimate star power there at that position? Yeah, I mean, even if he's a shortstop, like if Rosario walks at the end of the year and Jimenez duplicates what he did last season, probably better than Correa or just as good. Better than Dansby Swanson. Maybe he's not as good as Trey Turner. Maybe he's not as good as Francisco Lindor. I don't know. I, I mean, he's he had a really damn good season and well-rounded. And the type of season that, I mean, he's he's 24. He's young. The speed's not going away. And maybe with the bigger bases, he steals more bases. And the defense is going to be more valuable potentially at second base with the shifting limitation. I mean, there's there's reason to to be curious about how he can get better. And you also think about it in terms of money in 2023. And this is why it's... <laughs> I mean, on one hand, like credit the organization for something like this, but also... 106 million over seven years, maybe eight for 130. That seems like crazy and huge. It's not that it's, I think his, I don't have the salaries in front of me, but that club option year is what? Nice show, million. <laughs> that club, that club option would be like 23 million. That's not a ton of money. I mean, you, you pay that for like a, like a mid rotation starter in free agency. So, it's, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. 
And you see what they're doing, and you alluded to it, but this started 32, 31 years ago with John Hart locking up Bayerga, Sandy Alomar, Charles Nagy. What we don't talk about that I discovered today is that they actually signed 12 players to multi-year deals that spring. You only hear about the ones that worked, but also they did hit on like the core. A lot of the guys, they, they signed a bunch of pitchers to two-year deals because they had that bad arbitration experience with Greg Swindell and ended up trading him and they didn't want to go through that again. But like a lot of the pitchers that they signed for two years didn't really work out. Um, but bottom line, we've seen them do this before. There was the home opener in 2014 where they paraded Kipnis, Brantley, and Gomes in front of everybody with new contracts. There was, I think it was a year later, it was Kluber and Carrasco. Last year, it was Ramirez, Straw, and Class A. And we'll see what it ends up being this year. But this is, they've identified their core. And that signifies that the window's wide open. And given how long you have Jimenez and Ramirez in place now, you know, I, I think that window should be open for a pretty long time. And the other thing is, they might not be done. They might not be done with extensions here. I mean, you, you alluded to it when we started. I know people might be joining us later, but the Stefan thing could very well get done, could be done very soon, or maybe is done, uh, just waiting on uh, finalizing some things. We're still waiting on Quan Rosario, perhaps. If you would have sat down and positioned who you thought would, would have made the most sense, and even in your best-case scenario outside of Bieber, who are the guys you want locked up? There's a chance that they're going to get all of that done, which is totally surprising. How would you rank the other three in ter- the team? In terms of smart decision, getting it done? What, what, what do you mean? In terms of just desire, best desire walk-up songs. <laughs> desire it happens? Um, yeah. Well, the McKenzie thing is tough because I don't know a number. And I don't know, does uh, something like this injury change some of the wording in the contract? Maybe the total value is still there, but there might be some hurdles he has to jump to, to, to make sure he achieves all of that the money that they had discussed. I still would like to get him locked up and Quan too. And Stefan, that feels like a, a nice added bonus. I know it can be dangerous with relievers, but... Obviously, they believe in him, and it probably is not going to take something that's going to be some massive deal to get him locked up to a contract. I mean, this this feels like it's shaping up to be almost your best-case scenario. The only thing that's missing is going to get a training some of your middle infield depth to go get a, a big-time pitcher here. <laughs> everything else, almost everything else you could have checked on that checklist has been checked off now if they are to, to get a couple more of these extensions done. That's, that's incredible. That's a hell of an offseason. It is. I mean, they're, they're, they don't, they just, they have, and they do this intentionally. Like they have so much flexibility that it's obviously it's not just up to them. It's up to the players, but the only guys with guaranteed salaries beyond this season are the three guys they signed to extensions last spring. That's a product of how young they are. So many guys are pre-arbitration, but that gives them ample flexibility And so you go sign these guys now and then you have your core in place. You know exactly what you need moving forward and you can make some trades, make some 
free agent signings to fill in the gaps. And it's a good way to, to build a roster and they've done it successfully in the past. And now, I mean, it's crazy to think I was, I was sort of going through the, the terms with Paul Hoynes today. And I was explaining the Jimenez is he'll be under control through 2029. And I think an option for 2030, if I have that math, right. And he's writing this down. He's like 2030. I was like, it's like, yeah, do you ever think that you would be reporting about the year 2030? And he said, I'll be pushing up daisies by then. <laughs> and I said, you probably said that about 2000. Oh, he's outlasting us all. I know. I said, you'll still be on the beat. <laughs> Don't worry. 80 years old, running strong. Uh, let's run through some of these comments we've got over at YouTube before we get out of here. And again, we'll be back with a full length show coming up later this week before the opener. Ethan says he appreciates the sacrifices you've made, Zach, so thank you for that. He wants to know, does the team impose any deadlines? As Antonetti has said many times, oh, I don't know that there's a, a hard and fast rule when it comes to deadlines. Yes, they absolutely want to get this stuff done before <laughs> opening day, but if they're like... I think you got that word for word. <laughs> but if they're like this close to the finish line, they don't go, well, that's all, sorry, <laughs> rip up the contract. <laughs> No, they'll they'll obviously work past the deadline a little bit if they feel like the momentum is there. I thought there was a countdown clock in their office with a big buzzer. <laughs> like to the to the Chris Jericho countdown, the Y2J clock. <laughs> womp, womp. Hammy Buck says, last year I would have said they traded Ahmed and he played gold glove shortstop, speaking of Jimenez, in silver slugger bat. It's the only way that this would have happened. A lot changes in a year. A lot changes. Maton, Matan, Phil, Phil, uh, how close is a Quan extension to potentially happening? I don't know. Um, Go to the Discord. He drops you hints. That's all I got to do. I just tell you, he, he'll drop you hints in the Discord. I, but like, I, I, I mean, I asked. I, I, I it's it's hard to say. I, it's truly, it's impossible to say for sure. Um. And the thing that's tough too, because like I've I've been having conversations with the players in question, and they don't always know. It's the agents negotiating on their behalf, and you know they're sort of waiting to hear sometimes too. So it's really hard to say. Nothing's can, done until it is. I know this has come a, a few times in the comments. Can you again confirm when this starts and when it's supposed to end? Because there's some confusion between. Some of the reports out there. In term Jimenez? Jimenez, yeah, sorry. Um seven year deal with an option for an eighth year. So what is that? I, there well, there's confusion. Some have said that I was the under the impression starts that starts in, in thirty one. Some have said thirty. I believe it's I think thirty. Thirty. Right? Twenty three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, thirty. Thirty. I believe so. Yes. We'll need clarity on that, but I'm pretty sure. Well, we'll have more on that coming up, but uh, we wanted to be here at least for the moment to say, hi, we didn't forget you, and we wanted to put Zach to work because we know he's been doing nothing for the last 48 hours. But really, I haven't like produced much. It's just... All just the legwork. Sitting, sitting in stress. Uh, you can be sure... 
the rest of these extensions will be uh, announced while I'm on a plane today. So Maybe you'll be on sure. the plane where it's happening. That's never happened before. Well, we'll have more right. coming up later this week over at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you catch your podcasts. And we're supposed to, fingers crossed, get everything settled with Andre Knott. So he'll be on later this week, too, to talk about all of this. It's going to be fun. Thanks for hanging out with us. Bye, everybody.